Good evening, church. Great to see each one of you here tonight. Last week, we started a new series called 40 Days in the Word because we really believe that being in God's Word consistently for these next 40 days will change your life. No matter how much you're in the Word right now, as you increase your consistency in the Word of God, you're going to reap a harvest in your life in these next few days. I believe it's going to change something in your life for the better. We believe it's going to bring change. Now, the Bible is the very greatest, most read book in history. It is the best-selling book in all of history. It is the most translated book in all of history. But how can you know that the Bible is God's words written down. How can you know that? Well, the Bible says this. Take a look at 2 Timothy. All Scripture is God-breathed, and it's useful for teaching and rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Bible is God-breathed. So what's that mean? It means that God inspired this book. He breathed out his breath. Now, right now, you're listening to the breath of Larry. As my breath flows over my vocal cords and vibrates my vocal cords, out comes the sound of my voice. So the breath of Larry is speaking the words of Larry. Well, God breathed. And God spoke his words into the minds that he chose to be the writers of the Bible. And as a result of that, look at what the Bible says. All of your commands, God, can be trusted. Everything in the Bible can be trusted because it comes directly from the breath, the voice of God Almighty. Now, it's one thing for the Bible to claim that it is the Word of God. It's one thing for the Bible to claim that it can be trusted. But how in the world can you know for sure that it's more than just a bunch of stories put together by a bunch of people? How can you know that? Well, let's talk about tonight why you can trust the Bible is the very words of God written down. Tonight, we're going to settle this issue. Because the facts prove that the Bible is the word of God. Write this down. You can trust the Bible because it's historically accurate. In other words, the Bible isn't just doctrinally correct. It is not just theologically correct. It is not just morally and ethically correct. The Bible's history is correct. When it talks about people, when it talks about places... When it talks about specific times, it is correct. The bottom line is this. The word of the Lord is right and true. But how can you know for sure that the Bible is historically accurate? Well, by the same way that you know that any other history is accurate. You test it. You test it. One test is the eyewitness accounts. A good historian will ask, is this event written down by somebody who saw it? And the truth is, the Bible is primarily eyewitness accounts. 
That's why it's good history. Moses was there when the Red Sea split and he wrote it down. Joshua was, was there when the walls of Jericho fell and then he wrote it down. The disciples of Jesus were there when Jesus as a resurrected Lord appeared in the upper room and then they wrote it down. Matthew, Peter, Luke, and John were there to hear Jesus teach and saw the miracles that he performed and then they wrote it down. Listen, folks, the Bible is primarily eyewitness accounts of what happened. Another test is this, the extreme care of the copies. Most people don't know this. The copiers of the Old Testament were called scribes. And they made copies of the scrolls on which God's words were written. They made copies by hand to pass on to other people down through history. And those copies were as exact as a Xerox copy. Those copies had to be exact. In fact, those scribes had a long list of rules that they had to follow just to make sure that they were exact. Rules like when they were copying on a scroll, they had an exact number of columns that they had to just deal with. And those columns always had to be exactly the same. The length of those columns always had to be the exact number of lines. And it always had to be exactly 30 letters wide so they could go back and check it out to be exactly the same. And then to make sure that those copies were always right, they had a rule that you had to copy letter by letter, not word by word. And these scribes had to stick to these rules to make sure it was right after they had copied it. They knew how many letters of the alphabet were in each book. For instance, if they would know if there were 1,653 A's in a book, and if they counted 1,654 A's, they would toss out that copy, they would throw it away, and they would start over again. They were so exact that they knew the middle letter of the first five books of the Bible that we call the Pentateuch. They knew the middle letter of the entire Old Testament. And after they had copied all of this, they would go to the middle letter, that middle letter of the Old Testament, and they would count backwards, and they would count forwards. And if it didn't come out with the exact number that it should, they would throw it away, and they would start all over again. Folks, that is how exact the copies were. One of the ways that you can see that, that they, that they were this exact, is by going back and doing the studies on the Dead Sea Scrolls. The Dead Sea Scrolls were written about 100 years before Jesus was born. They were comprised of all the copies of the Old Testament books except for the book of Esther. Now, when those scrolls were discovered, and maybe in your lifetime you've heard about when they discovered the Dead Sea Scrolls. When they were discovered, the earliest copies that we had before that were 900 years after the birth of Jesus. So suddenly... We were studying and looking at copies that were made 1,000 years apart, 100 years before his birth and then 900 years after his birth. All of a sudden, historians were able to check out how much change took place in the Word of God, in those copies, over a 1,000-year period. You know how much change there was? Anybody want to guess? Only about 5%. And that change only had to do with misspelled names. Misspelled names. 
That 5% was just misspelling of names and a couple of words, not facts. Over 1,000 years, these scribes, these copyists were proved to be accurate as they copied again and again and again the words of God. That's another proof of historical accuracy of the Bible. But then another test, a third test was, the second test was this, the enlightening archaeological finds. You know, archaeology has proved that the places and the people of the Bible that it talks about are absolutely accurate. They are not fiction. That you can go to these places. We've dug up these places. We, we have found these places. They're real. And in the book of Acts alone, which is all about historical accuracy, Luke, the writer of the book of Acts, was a historian and a doctor. And in this book that he writes, he talks about 54 cities. He talks about 39 countries. He talks about nine different islands. And in every single case, there is complete historical accuracy. And all of God's people said, amen. I knew that. How many of you knew that? Come on, be honest. Not many of us know this stuff. Archaeology keeps proving that the Bible is historically accurate. Another fact. For centuries, historians said, we're not sure that a guy named Solomon really ever lived. We just don't believe it. But if he did, we're sure that he didn't have horses because in the days of Solomon, all they had were, were camels. Until archaeologists dug up a place called Megiddo. And all of a sudden, they discovered one of Solomon's chariot cities with thousands of stables for horses. And so once again, the Bible proved to be accurate. One of the greatest examples is, is an empire called the Hittites. It's a, it's a people that the Bible talks about, but they're only talked about in the Bible, no, nowhere else in history. So for centuries, historians said, the Bible just made up the Hittite people. There are no Hittite people. The Bible just made them up. But then in the 1900s, a professor named Hugo Winkler discovered 10,000 clay tablets in a city called, I can't say this right, Bugazkoy, and it was named as the capital of, everybody say the Hittites with me, the Hittites. Now all historians believe in the people called the Hittites. You can trust the Bible because it's historically accurate. Now next, write this down. But it's also scientifically accurate. I get excited about this stuff. The Bible was not given to be a scientific textbook. But what you need to understand, the Bible never gives bad science. In fact, it's always ahead of science. There are things in the Bible that we've just discovered 100 years ago, 200 years ago. John, Johannes Kepler was known as a famous mathematician and an astronomer. He simply said this. Science is simply thinking God's thoughts after him. <laughs> I love that quote. In other words, God established the laws of physics and we just discovered them. God established the laws of biology and then we discovered them. He established the laws of mathematics and we just discovered them. Folks, you can trust the Bible because it's scientifically accurate. And the reason it's accurate is because the laws of the universe were created by, everybody say God. God. He created it all. He made it all up and we're just discovering it. They never, his laws never change. Science changes all the time. 
But the laws of God never change. You know, there's nothing more worthless than a third grade science book. (laughs) An obsolete science book. What you were taught, a lot of what you were taught in the third grade is now not even being taught today because a lot of the science has changed and they found it to not be completely accurate. Science constantly changes. For instance, if you were Greek, the prevailing science of the day said the earth was held up by a giant, maybe you studied this, named Atlas, big guy. But Atlas isn't in the Bible. Why? Because it was bad science, so it's not in the Bible. If you were a Hindu, the prevailing science of the day says the earth was held up on the back of giant elephants. (laughs) But you don't find that anywhere in the Bible. Why? Because it's bad science. It's not accurate. So it's not in the Bible. If you're an Egyptian, the prevailing science of the day said that the earth sat on five different pillars. Now, the Egyptians were brilliant. They were mathematicians and they built pyramids and Great masters of architecture and engineering and astronomy. But the Egyptians were wrong. Moses himself was even schooled in in that kind of a science. Yet not once in Scripture do you find the earth being talked about as being held up on pillars. Why? It's bad science. It's not accurate. So it's not in the Bible. In fact, the oldest known writing from God to man is the book of Job. In fact, it's it's the oldest piece of literature in existence today. Job was the first book written in the Bible, and Job, look at what Job says. God stretches the sky over empty space and hangs the earth on nothing. Who told Job that? How did Job know that? God told him, and Job wrote it down. And today, we know that to be scientifically true. Folks, it is sheer nonsense to say that the Bible is scientifically inaccurate. During the Middle Ages, there was the bubonic plague. And in that plague, it killed 25% of Europe. Because at that time, we didn't understand germs. We didn't understand how people get infected. We didn't understand contagion. And so they let people with the plague sleep next to healthy people, and people just kept on dying. They should have read the Bible. Because thousands of years earlier, God said in the book of Leviticus, put an infected person in quarantine for seven days. Because before we knew what germs even were, God was saying, put sick people outside the camp for seven days. And if they're still sick, leave them out there for another seven days. Nobody understood quarantining because nobody understood germs. But God did. Amen? God did. And if people would have just read the Bible, they would have known. The Bible is scientifically accurate. It's ahead of science. The Bible says, look at this, every word of God is flawless. My words aren't flawless. Your words aren't flawless, but every word of God is. Look at this. The Bible says the words of the Lord are flawless. They're like silver that's been heated and refined in a furnace of clay. Words that have been purified seven times over. They're perfect. They're pure. God's words are flawless. 
Folks, you can trust the Bible because it's historically accurate. It's scientifically accurate. And then write this down. And it's prophetically accurate. The predictions in the Bible always come true. Now, the Bible is filled with thousands of prophecies where God says, this is going to happen at this time. And then it did. Thousands of prophecies have already been fulfilled exactly as God said they would. And yet there's some to still be fulfilled. Now, there are over 300 prophecies about Jesus that were written a thousand years before he was born. A thousand years before he was born, these prophecies said things like this. This is when the Messiah will be born. This is where he'll be born. This is how he'll be born. This is how he'll die. 300 prophecies about Jesus, a thousand years written before he was born. Now, what are the odds of Jesus, if he wasn't God, of making every one of those prophecies come true? Those odds are so astronomical that you can't even write that number down. Listen, folks, it takes more faith to believe it was all just a coincidence than to believe that Jesus is the God who he says he is and that he planned it all. Amen? That's how big our God is. That's how long-standing his plan for us is. Look at this. The Bible says, no prophecy ever originated from humans. Instead, it was given by the Holy Spirit as humans spoke, look at this, under God's direction. God breathed and they Wrote down what they heard. Listen, during Bible times, nobody wanted to be a prophet. You know why? If you weren't 100% correct, you were killed. (laughs) If you were wrong as a prophet just once, you were put to death. Because the law said, if you're not 100% accurate, you're going to die. But the Bible is prophetically accurate. Look at this. The Bible says, but this is all happening to fulfill the words of the prophets as recorded in the Scriptures. The Bible also says, the angel said to me, this time God spoke his words through an angel. These words are trustworthy and true. The Lord sent his angel to show his servants the things that must soon take place. The Bible is accurate, prophetically accurate. Historically, scientifically, prophetically, and I got another cleave for you. Is that okay? It's thematically, thematically unified. The Bible has a theme from cover to cover that never changes. It's the theme of God coming to redeem his people and build a family for himself. That's the theme of the Bible from Genesis to the very end book, Revelation. You say, what's the big deal about that? A lot of books have a theme from beginning to end. Yeah, that's true. But were they written over a period of 1,600 years by 40 different authors? No, this book, the Bible, written over a period of 1,600 years from the first book to the last book by 40 different authors on three different continents in three different languages and they didn't all know each other. Now, how in the world do you think they all got the same story right? (laughs) How did they all get the theme right? So it all connected. So every prophecy would come true. 
It wasn't even collected into one single book until a thousand years later after they had all died. How do you think they all got the same theme? Again, the Bible is written by 40 different people in every age and stage of life on three different continents, in three different languages over 1,600 years. It was written by poets and prophets and princes and kings and prisoners, by sailors and soldiers and attorneys and a doctor. It was written by people in all kinds of locations. It was written in caves and homes and ships and prisons and palaces. And they all came up with the same theme. you got to be kidding me. But that's the word of God. And it has the same theme from cover to cover. The Bible says this, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. I want you to really look at this. Most people think that the New Testament is about Jesus and the Old Testament is just about Israel. That's wrong. The New Testament wasn't even written when Jesus spoke this verse. When Jesus said this, he was talking about the Old Testament scriptures. It says he went through all the Old Testament scriptures and showed what it said about him. This story is about Jesus from beginning to end. Every scripture in the Bible is about God's plan to redeem his people and build a family for eternity. It all began with him. And the star of the story is Jesus. And if you look and if you really meditate and discern, you'll see that Jesus is in every book of the Bible from beginning to the end. He is revealed. He is the star of the story. And all of God's people said, Amen. Convince me. Amen? Amen. He's the star. And Jesus says this, You search the Scriptures because you believe they will give you eternal life, but the Scriptures point to me. Jesus said also, I am the way the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He says the scriptures, all of them are pointing to me. So folks, you can trust the Bible because it's historically and scientifically, prophetically and thematically unified. The next, write this down, is confirmed by Jesus himself. Jesus says, I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter Not the least stroke of a pen will disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. So Jesus looks at the Bible and he says, it's going to last until the end of time, until everything in my word is accomplished. Jesus also says, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. I trust in the word of God because Jesus trusted in it. And next, you can trust it because it's surviving every attack. Every attack. I don't know if you know this, but the Bible's the most dissected, debated, destroyed, banned book in history. Millions have died because they've refused to give up their Bibles. And if you try to pick up the Word of God and take it into North Korea today, you'll probably be killed for trying to take this Word of God into into that country, even today. And other countries are like it. It survived the attacks. It's been under attack since the day it was written. But it survived every attack. And it's still the most read, most published, most translated, best-selling book in the world. 
And Jesus says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Everything on this planet, not I mean, all the concrete that we've poured that we think is so strong, <laughs> Jesus says, going to all pass away. We think we're so great with the freeways we built and the towers we built. Jesus said, it's all going to pass away, but my word will never pass away. Voltaire, famous French philosopher, was brilliant, but he lived his life as an atheist. And he made this statement. He said, 100 years from today, the Bible will be a forgotten book. But after Voltaire died, listen to this. I love this. For nearly 100 years, his homestead was used as a book depository for the French Bible Society. And out of his home, they sold Bibles. People have long forgotten Voltaire, but nobody's forgotten the Word of God. Amen? Amen. You can trust the Bible because it's surviving every attack. And last tonight, it's transforming people's lives. Folks, nothing can change a heart like the Word of God. It's changed my life. It's changed many of your lives. It's changed millions and millions of lives around the world. I've learned a long time ago that laws don't change people's hearts. Laws might hold people's behavior in a certain pattern, but they don't change hearts. It's only God's word that changes a heart. And I've invested my life in this heart-changing business. And I've seen hundreds of lives changed by the power of the word of God. And Jesus says, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Folks, this book never lies. The Word of God always tells you the truth. When we live in a society that is so shady and so gray and, and there's just lies everywhere, the truth contained in the pages of the Bible, if you follow it, if you live it out, Jesus says you will be set free. And when he says that, he's not talking just about set free from your sins so you can live in heaven. He's talking about every addiction. He's talking about anger. He's talking about anything you can imagine or mention. You can be set free by the power that's in the word of God. So the bottom line question tonight is this. Who's going to be the authority of your life? What words are you going to follow? Your own words? Your mom or dad's words? The words of some book you read? Oprah's words? What's going to be the, the final authority of your life? You've got to decide. Is it going to be the word or is it going to be the world? Are you going to decide to listen to what God says is true and never ending? Or are you going to listen to what the world says is true? What's going to be the final? Who's going to have the final say in your life? You might be sitting there and saying, why is this so important? Why, why is it so important to decide to trust the Bible? It's because the Bible has stood the tests of time. And it's never failed to test. It is the word of God. And if you choose to ignore it like so many have, you're going to find yourself in a heap of trouble. For now and for all eternity. So don't do that.
Folks, the Bible is God-breathed. You can trust it. And in these 40 days, we're trying to just nail down three things. Learn it, love it, and live it. The Bible says this. Let this word of God dwell in you, live in you, abide in you richly. That means a lot. Amen? Do that. And you'll be glad you did. It'll set you free now and set you free for all eternity. Would you bow with me tonight? As I pray this prayer, maybe you've just kind of had a a light regard for God's word. Or maybe you've believed and, and trusted in God's word all your life, but you just haven't been in it like you should. Would you pray this prayer of commitment tonight as I pray it? Just pray it in your heart. Father, I believe that the Bible is your flawless word. And I now declare your word to be the final authority for me. I commit to learn it, love it, and live by it. I ask that you help me during this series to read it and think about it each day. I ask this in your name, Jesus, and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.